This is Texas Veterans Mean Business, a production of the Entrepreneur Program of Texas Veterans Commission. Here is your host, veteran business consultant, Christina Mortel. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Texas Veterans Mean Business, where we discuss opportunities to expand your small business. Over the next few episodes, we will be speaking with representatives from state agencies to discuss contracting opportunities using the historically underutilized business program, or HUB. And I'm thrilled today to have our first guest, Lynn Hottie from DIR. Lynn is the Hub Program Manager at the Department of Information Resources. Welcome, Lynn. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about DIR, your program, and also why it's important that our listeners be Hub certified. First of all, DIR is unique. We are the IT agency for the state of Texas, so we implement and manage all IT-related contracts, specifically for our customers here in the state of Texas and some outside of the state of Texas for all their IT needs, products and services both. That's what we do. We implement and manage contracts for our customers to utilize. We don't have a list. There is a myth out there on the street and that somewhere there's a place where you can register or sign up with DIR. We don't have a registration. We simply procure contracts for the state of Texas. So that makes us a little different from some of the other agencies. DIR is in charge of the policy and planning for IT for the state of Texas. We have several business models here at DIR, and one of those is our um, shared technology services group. That was historically comprised of our data center services contract, our Texan contracts, and our Texas.gov contracts. So if you've ever renewed your driver's license online or ordered a birth certificate online, that was done through the Texas.gov contract. In looking at procuring these DCS-related services and the Texan contracts, We've taken a look at breaking some of those up and breaking them out, and we're doing smaller procurements as opposed to larger procurements. But that's on our shared technology services side of the house for our customers to utilize to provide you know, data center services, print mail services, telephone services. And that's our shared technology services group. And then we also have our cooperative contracts purchasing group. Just like it sounds, cooperative contracts. We bid out contracts on the co-op side, again, for our customers to use. And that's more of a do-it-yourself kind of model where they can go in and if they need to buy laptops or if they need staffing, they can go in and utilize those services. And then leveraging those cooperative contracts, we also do bulk purchasing. So if we have agencies, two or more, or any of our customer entities that have a need for laptops or any other product, they can come to DIR and say, we have a need for this product or service. Is there any way you could look at doing a bulk purchase for us? And what we'll do is go back to those current contract holders and negotiate with them and get a larger discount off of our contracts that we currently have in place. I believe currently we have Lenovo, HP, and Dell bulk purchasing agreements that are out there for our customers to use. Usually those come out sometime in the summer, maybe June or July, and will roll out through December. So customer agencies have the option of using one or the other fiscal year funds because state agencies' fiscal years are through August 31st. So they can use like FY19 or upcoming FY20 funds if they're needing to make a big purchase. So is that renewed annually? We look at that on an annual basis as to what our customer needs may be. So we've also had bulk purchasing agreements for Salesforce and for other software. As long as we have two or more agencies that have a need, we will look into doing that um, and putting together that 
bulk purchasing agreement for our customer agencies to use. And then any of our customers can use that. We had two agencies come to us for the computers. They had a refresh they needed to do. And we went out and negotiated with our current contract holders and got the bulk purchasing price. And so the two requesting agencies were able to use and leverage those prices, but our other customers were able to utilize those prices as well. So were these vendors hub vendors? Yes. Many times we have hub prime contract holders. We also have hub resellers. We have non-hub resellers. When you're talking about our co-op contracts and specifically our commodities-related contracts, sometimes they're held by the manufacturers or the brands, and they will identify who their resellers are, and they will list hub and non-hub. And I will say we did an analysis this last session to look at the percentage of hub resellers we had on our contracts, and we had about 40 to 60% availability of hub authorized resellers listed under these contracts. And so what that means is our customer agencies can go to these contracts and choose and select to go directly to hubs and utilize hubs for their needs. So we do have hubs that are contract holders, we have hubs that are authorized resellers, and then we also have hubs that are subcontractors underneath these contracts. And typically you'll see the subcontractors come in on our services related contracts, like our DBITs, our deliverable-based IT services, or our IT staffing contracts, you will see a lot of times those contract holders will list numerous subs and they will be hub and non-hub. Vendors get to decide how they're going to put together their team and who they're going to have to help fulfill that contract but we encourage hub participation through all of our contracts. And maybe this is a good time, Lynn, to kind of dispel the myth about cheapest is always going to get the contract, and maybe you could explain best value and how the state uses that as its standard. Right, so best value, and we're Texas and we're proud and we like to go with Texas-based vendors. Um, Best value means they can get to me what I need at the best price, but in the time and manner in which I need that. Um, So sometimes it doesn't boil down to low bid. Low bid and best value are two different things. The uniqueness about our contracts, especially when we're talking about our cooperative contracts, we don't have pricing listed on those because things change. MSRP changes, sometimes manufacturers will run specials and discounts. So what we negotiate when we award these contracts, we negotiate a contract based on a volume of one, meaning if you need to buy just that one laptop or that one license, at the very minimum you may get whatever percentage discount that may be. 20%, 25%, whatever they may have identified. When you come at them with a volume and you're buying more than one, our customers are able to negotiate deeper discounts. So you're not held to a price. They can negotiate larger percentages of discounts. That plays in to best value. Who can get me my products on time? Maybe there's an extra service that comes with that. So it's the best package that a vendor can put together for that customer agency. Now you've talked a lot about the different pillars that you have, the shared services, the debits. Can you talk to us a little bit about what are some of the contracting and bid opportunities that DIR has available now? I know that the state is doing a lot around cyber. I think a lot of that's being driven by all the activity that we read about every day in the newspaper. I'm just curious if you can talk a little bit about what are some of the main areas that some of our hub vendors have expertise in there, eager to have an opportunity and to bid on that. 
We typically have contracts in place for approximately four years, and again, that's good on our cooperative side of the house, on our shared technology services side of the house. Sometimes those contracts will be in existence a little bit longer because they are larger and encompass more. But we do have upcoming procurement opportunities listed on our website under our current contracting initiatives page. And so at the top of the dir.texas.gov website, you can click on all contracts and services and scroll down to the middle of the page and there will be a current contracting initiatives option. If you click on that option, it'll take you to that current contracting initiatives page. And another unique thing that DIR does is we post everything from the planning phase through the award phase. So our vendors can get an idea of what we're working on to let out as a procurement. Currently, one of the top opportunities that we have listed under our planning phase is the Geographic Information Systems, GIS Hardware, Software, and Services, and Information Technology, Land Surveying, Hardware, Software, and Related Services. They have that the approximate solicitation release date for that will be in November this month sometime. Something to keep in mind about these opportunities that are posted. When it is a cooperative-related procurement, you'll see a large time title like GIS and IT, land serving, hardware, software, and related services. Something I want the vendors to keep in mind, if you provide one of these products and services or both, you can respond based on what it is you provide. So if you want to respond to this RFO once it's posted and you only want to provide the geographic information systems hardware and software and maybe services, maybe not, you can respond providing those products and or services for that niche of product and services that they provide. So they don't have to provide both of these. They don't have to provide service for both of these. They may want to just resell the products and they absolutely Absolutely can do that as long as their bid response notes that. The vendors will respond identifying the services and products that they will sell. So that's unique too. Typically when you see a bid opportunity with an agency you have to provide everything. And with our cooperative contracts you kind of get to pick and choose what you provide. We also have a large RFO coming out, our IT staffing services. That comes out once every four years so we're re-procuring for IT staffing services. That procurement will be released November sometime this month. Something I want to note is we update our RFOs and the information we request, the services we request. We really try to do enough market research to understand what our customers need, what are the current trends. So the IT staffing contracts that we will be re-procuring will not look like the previous RFO. We may have new service options that'll be listed. So we always encourage the vendors to make sure they go out and read those RFOs, read all the documents that are posted to the Electronic State Business Daily and respond. And again, with this IT staffing RFO that we'll post, we may have included, say, 20 to 24 different types of services. If a vendor only provides two specific types of services, they can respond identifying those two types of services. They don't have to respond providing everything listed under that RFO. In the Electronic State Business Daily, is it only to read the information or if they had questions, how would they be able to reach out about if they have questions about the contract bidding up? So when you have an active procurement, we will have one point of contact that will be listed and that will be Carrie Cooper Thomas. She is 
our one and only purchaser for DIR. Because it's an open procurement, they won't be able to ask questions. But what they can do at this point in time before it's posted an active procurement, they can reach out to the contract managers that are listed on this current contracting initiatives page. So Joan Scott is the contract manager that's identified for the IT staffing opportunity. If you click on the name of the contract manager that is listed uh, to the right of the procurement that we're planning, it will populate their email. Vendors have a way to contact them if they have any questions and we encourage that. We also, on the top of every web page on the DIR website, a vendor can go in and search anything. They can do a keyword search, a contract number search, product name search, but let's say for this IT staffing contract, they wanted to go in and see the current contracts that we have out there. They could go in and type in staff or staffing or ITSAC as it was known, and it'll pull up a list of current contracts. They can go into each of those contract pages and see that vendor's current contract documents, and they can see the RFO that they responded to. So a vendor has an opportunity to get an idea of what the current contracted vendors are providing. They can get an idea of what we asked for from those vendors, what information they had to provide. They can get a feel for the services that are being provided. And you can do this for any type of product or service that we have on contract. Lynn, really quickly, could you state your website address again? Yes, dir.texas.gov. And they go to the current contracting initiatives page? Yes. Okay, awesome. I just want to make sure that they know where to look to get an idea of what the upcoming contracts are. So with that said, I think a lot of hubs feel that it's difficult to get in touch with or to speak directly with a prime contractor. Do you have any advice or best practices on how to connect with prime contractors? And is that even needed in order to pursue or to be included in the contracting process? Um, I always encourage our hub vendors to try to make connections with current contracting vendors. There are numerous hub events throughout the state of Texas that vendors can attend and you will have hub coordinators from different agencies and universities in attendance. You will have vendors in attendance as well. We actually are planning our biannual event, DIR Connect, I believe it's going to be on April 1st. They're working on finalizing the dates and details for that event, but it will be in the spring of 2020. We will have a hub component to that, so any current hub certified vendors that are out there can register to attend. We will have kind of a speed dating session where we are going to bring in some of our larger prime contract holders, so we'll ask vendors like AT&T and Xerox and Panasonic and Dell to come in and meet with hub vendors to see if there's some sort of partnering opportunity they can have. Or at least this gives hub vendors an insight to how these larger firms do business. Uh, so we always encourage vendors to attend hub expos. I encourage vendors to participate with their local chambers of commerce because you're going to have your larger firms that are members of those and they have unique events focused around that as well. And then in the state of Texas, we have three minority supplier development councils, one in Dallas-Fort Worth, one in Houston, and then we have a Southwest Council that encompasses everything from El Paso to Brownsville, and I believe they have Oklahoma and parts of New Mexico as well. All of the councils have unique relationships 
with large primes, with the HEBs of the world, with the Toyotas, with the Dells, Johnson Controls, Shell. So they have unique relationships with these larger entities and they encourage involvement between their minority supplier members and their larger contractors in the private sector. So it's a good opportunity for them to get a feel for how these entities are doing business. How important do you think capability statements are? A capability statement's very important. It is a snapshot that tells you know another individual what you do. It, it's a quick glance, a quick um, reference for purchasers to use, for hub coordinators to use when they get back to their agencies to pass off to those end users who might be utilizing those. I think it's very important. I always remind our vendors to make sure if you have any types of certifications to include those on that capability statement. If you have any types of contracts that are larger contracts, include those on those capability statements. As much information as they can give us in as short a summary as possible. <laughs> the quicker, the faster, the easier they make it for us, the easier we can use that information and share it with our end users at our own agencies and universities. We do encourage the veterans, and we try to help them develop their capability statement for exactly that reason, to highlight not only their past experience, but quite possibly their past performance in other contracting experience, whether it be state or federal. We really try to drive that home as well. So what do you think, based on what we've covered right now, the best way to work with DIR and the hub team? Is it best to go to the website first and then one-offs if there's questions? I would say check out our website and check out our current contracting initiatives page and then email us or give us a phone call. Now we travel a lot because we do provide a lot of training to our customers and our vendors. Certainly call us or email us with any questions you may have because we can walk you through our website to help you understand the key pieces to those contract pages you may be looking at or to look at those upcoming RFOs that may be posted. What will end up happening is we'll give you homework in essence. They will have items they need to look at, information they need to research, and once they've completed that we tell them to follow back around with us. They need to have a good understanding of how we operate, how we let out our procurements, and then understand what we're looking for, and then move on to that next step of meeting those prime contractors. If there aren't any current contracting opportunities that we might not have posted for a vendor, always, if you're a Panasonic reseller, or if you're reselling HP or Lenovo products, they have contracts. If you're a Cisco reseller, they have contracts. We can search those, and if you're already an authorized reseller, there's contact information for those contract holders. You need to reach out to them and inquire as to how you can be added to those contracts as an authorized reseller. You know, half of the battle may be done. It might be as easy as picking up the phone and making that contact with that contract holder to be added in. So just because we don't have a current procurement opportunity for you to respond to doesn't mean there's not a way you can get added into a contract. Our staffing contract holders, our DBITS contract holders are always looking for subcontractors because a lot of times they'll allocate those resources to our customers and other opportunities other customers will have needs and they are looking for hub vendors a lot of times specifically to offer to our customer agencies. That's great information. I mean, that's really helpful to know that there's always this growing need for hubs and more important too that, that they take the time to get hub certified. Yes. Um, well, one thing, I know you mentioned it about the April event. I did want to highlight that on November 20th, that's the statewide hub expo, and DIR is going to be featured. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're planning for that event? That's one of the larger events 
that the Comptroller's Office hosts and we are co-host for that. It is here in the capital city. We usually have about 400 attendees. We encourage hub vendors to come out because we have approximately 80 plus state agencies and universities that are in attendance and it's a great opportunity for those entities and vendors to connect get an idea of what those agencies and universities are buying. And there are classes that are offered throughout the day. And I will be giving how to become an IT vendor with DIR class. So they can attend that and get some additional details on how DIR does business. What do we have coming up? And it's a venue and opportunity for vendors to ask questions. Your experts are there. My chief procurement officer, Herschel Becker, will be in attendance. We put a lot of our resources towards these events, trying to to encourage the hub vendor community on how we procure and how they can get involved in those procurement processes. I know that's going to be a great event. TVC will also be represented at the event. We'll have a table there talking about some of the needs that we have to procure in this coming fiscal year. We've had great experience over the last couple of years getting veterans there, so we're excited about participating in that. And if I'm not mistaken, it's being held in Austin at the Renaissance Hotel. It's 8.30 to 5, November 20th. So Lynn, we're going to kind of wrap it up, but is there anything else that you'd like to mention, uh, anything that we can do better or uh, vendors can do better to help you and help them with their contracting experiences? Well, one thing I always encourage vendors to do is not hesitate to respond to bid opportunities. Numerous times I'll talk to vendors and they'll say, well, I really have a hard time getting into DIR, understanding, getting on a contract, and I'll ask them, have you responded to an RFO that we've had posted? And they'll tell me no. They were afraid to respond. You're never gonna learn, you're never gonna grow, you're never gonna be awarded an opportunity if you don't respond, so don't hesitate. That's why we try to be as transparent as possible. We try to put out as much information as possible on our website so that you, the vendors, have the information you need so you can prepare and respond to bids. Numerous times we have awarded large RFO contracts to vendors who've never had contracts with us before. So don't hesitate in responding to opportunities. Even if you respond and you're not awarded a contract, you can always ask for a debrief and find out why you weren't selected or why you didn't get to move on to that next level. Knowledge is power. If you don't know, you can't grow. Don't hesitate. I'm a resource for you at DIR. I have Teresa Williamson, who's another hub coordinator here with me at DIR. We work for you. This is our job. We are resources for you. We are open to you. So never hesitate in picking up the phone or sending an email to contact us. That's wonderful. I appreciate that so much. There is one question I wanted to ask I forgot to ask earlier. When you mentioned that some of your contracts, a person can respond to maybe 20 or 40% of the contract, let's say. So for the other 60%, are you doing some kind of matching? Because we find that our biggest challenge is connecting veterans to other hub certified entities so they can build capacity and be able to bid on perhaps a larger contract. So that matching aspect right now is something that we're desperately working on. I'm just wondering if there's a way that DIA does that if a vendor like for example is only going to respond to half or a quarter of the RFO? Traditionally what will happen as far as matching vendors a lot of times we'll have our hub vendors attend the pre-bid conferences and that's always important as well even if you're not going to respond attend because we publish the list of those who did attend we have sign-in sheets their contact information's on there so you can network at these pre-bid conferences and hopefully make 
connections and maybe not on that current procurement opportunity, you may not partner, but maybe on future opportunities, y'all can figure out a way to partner. So one of the best opportunities in a lot of our larger RFOs, we will ask for hubs to raise their hands in the pre-bids. How many hubs do we have in the crowd? Okay, all of you non-hub vendors, when this is over, get up and go get a card and network and make connections because you're both looking for the same opportunities and you typically I find that our hubs add value to anybody they partner with so we always encourage that at our pre-bid conferences but certainly if we have vendors that come in that are looking for hubs to partner with I will talk those vendors through how to use the CMBL the centralized master bidders list um, so that they can identify vendors that have specifically registered for those products or services that the prime contractors are looking for. They can narrow that field down and then reach out to those vendors and partner. We try to work with vendors from both sides, hubs looking for non-hubs and non-hubs looking for hubs. Awesome, thank you so much. Just one more time, your website? It is dir.texas.gov. Well, Lynn, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, thank you very much. That is it for this week's episode of Texas Veterans Mean Business. I want to thank our guest, Lynn Hottie from DIR. We hope you enjoyed the show and you learned a lot of things about the Hub program. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on the CastBox app. It's free. 